Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to another edition of the Wolverine.com podcast. This is our TV video version. My name is Chris Ballas with me. Well, Rod Moore, first of all, two-time Big Ten champion. And then this guy, Doug Skeen, who won five. He's got five rings. And I was just talking to Rod off the air here. And I said, between the two of you guys, man, no losses to Ohio State. Uh, Skeen, 4-0-1. and one. Rod Moore, 2-0. and oh. And I got to ask you, Rod, man, uh, coming from Ohio, uh, what it means to you, man, to be 2-0 and oh in that series and have those bragging rights. I mean, I can't imagine it gets much better. Man, it feels great, especially from being from there. Like you said, um, I have friends and family that, that are fans of Ohio State and being able to rub it in their face feels good. But um, going from like uh, my freshman year, being. Oh, we got a, is he frozen? He froze. Somebody in Ohio sabotaged us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him back here. We'll get him back. And then going down there and beating him, it just felt great. Yeah, yeah, you froze up there for a second, Rod. But uh, uh, I know that Jim Hello? Harbaugh. Yep, you still there? <laughs> we we can hear you, Rod. Oh, yep, we lost. He'll be back in a second. He'll come so. back in a second. All right. Well, skiing. I guess I got to ask you some questions. No, you're just stuck with me now, Ballas. Damn it! You know this thing was going so well, and uh, and I got to thank Doug Skeen for actually hooking this up, man. He said, "Can we get Ron Moore on there?" And I'm like, "Hell yeah, we can get Ron Moore on here." So, uh, but uh, an Ohio guy who played in the Ohio game, and I can't wait to talk to him when he comes back. So, but Skeen, uh, let's talk about the Big Ten championship before we get Rod back here. It almost felt anticlimactic, didn't it? After you play Ohio State, and I'm guessing the Rose Bowl wasn't quite the same because you had time, and it was still the pageantry and everything else but to come back and play a game like that could you even imagine having to no. play Purdue with all due respect after playing Ohio State and then no, like that it goes back to a year ago and and Aiden talked about it with Chris you know after the game that they won a year ago against Iowa and we didn't have to do that Ballas you know we our, mm-hmm. our, season, our season ended with that huge game against Ohio State and then you got to breathe this big sigh of relief as you made plans to go to California and go to the Rose Bowl and then hopefully win that game and Maybe you were in or not in the, the national championship conversation, and that was it. These guys, these guys have to climb that ladder, get over the top of uh, beating the the Buckeyes, which is no easy thing to do. 
and then you got to re-gear all all over again and, and go play this other other game here. That's 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 it's a different level of mental toughness that these young men have to deal with that we didn't have to deal with. And I think I know Aiden was giving his dad some grief a year ago about it, saying, "Oh, you guys didn't have to do this. This is much harder." There's a lot of truth to that. Uh, what these guys have to deal with, and now you know. The playoff is a different era, obviously, that we've been in, and it's going to get a lot more challenging when this thing gets expanded even more. So I commend these young men of having to deal with uh, the, the challenges that they have to deal with and, and doing such a good job all along the way. Yeah, because it does kind of cheapen some of your rings. I get that. So not yeah, really. they're all they're – all- <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, four zero and one against Ohio State, and uh, and I remember the one being the greatest win in Ohio State history, according to their president at the time. And you're over there puking, you're like crying, you're like, uh, you know, yeah. Will, Fer- Will Ferrell in old school after they lost the, uh, you know, the, the gymnastics meet or something like that. And I don't want to, yeah. I lost my will to live. So uh, anyway, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, thirteen game season, man. And and here's the thing: back then, I think you played eleven, and then your twelfth was the bowl game, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. By game yeah. 11, you're already struggling. And so can you even imagine 13 on the body and and how much you have to be, how t- mentally tough you have to be to get through that? Well, and, and the other thing about that era, Ballas, that, uh, that I think is different now, I know it's different now, is the physical nature of training camp at that time. The rosters were bigger. There were more scholarship guys on each roster across the country. There were 10 more, right? So we are, I think we were 95 Back in the day, 30 years ago, 95 guys on the roster. It allowed for a far more physical practices, you know, in the depth that Michigan had at the time. You know, if you got beat up in practice, the next guy was going to step up and take your job in a lot of cases. Um, so, you know, spring football was a battle, just a physical battle, 15 actual blood baths every year. And then and then fall camp was, uh, was the same thing. And then during the season – um, you and I have talked about this before. We used to look forward to Saturdays because it was physically easier than practices mm-hmm. on Tuesday and Wednesday. They were so physically demanding. Full pads, nine on seven, first line versus first uh, line offense, defense, one on one pass pro live and full pads, and then and then full team practices where you're running. Gosh, I don't know how many practice plays we had per hash. We would go right, left, center hash up and down the field time and time again. And it was fast paced and it was a lot of beating throughout the course of the season. Now, I know coaches now have scaled a lot of that back. The NCAA has rules about how much live football you can practice nowadays. I think that helps these guys. But that does get offset by the lengthened season that they have now. And so it's it's I think it's six one way, half dozen another, the way you're looking at this from what we went through and the era that I played in and what these guys are dealing with now. I think mentally the grind being as long as it is, these guys probably have more to deal with now just because of the sheer length of the season as it extends into late November, December and beyond now. So, um, again, it's a. it's a big deal playing big time college sports and it's not just yeah. football. It's all of them. It's a huge commitment. Yeah. So hats off to all the young men and women that play these games. Yeah. I will say that it's a little more violent when you're playing football. We got Rod Moore back. People probably oh. thought that we, that we teased him and then we were getting all these super chats coming in and all this money that we're going to share with you, Rod Moore. You got something going on with some NIL stuff that we're going to share here in a minute, but we do have Rod Moore back with us. Uh, Thankfully, and I know Jim Harbaugh, Rod, doesn't like to compare, man. He says, I don't like to compare teams, and I don't like to compare this, don't like to compare that. I was at both Ohio State games that you played in. You played a substantial role in the first one, uh, unbelievable game in the second one. 
compare those to me, man. Does one stand out to the other? And no, there's something special, as Doug Skeen always tells me about going into somebody else's house. Because I saw you running off the field, man. This is my house in so many words. I'm not going to say exactly what you said. And I got goosebumps, man. That had to be something pretty special. Uh, Yeah, I would say, my um, especially my freshman year, it was like, it was like the highlight of my life, but I, I can't even, I don't even know if I could put one above the other, because like you said, going, going back home and going into somebody else's house and being able to do what we did to them, like it feels great. And then how we beat them the first, the first time in what I think it was 10 years yeah. and um, how, how it felt when um, fans like storm the field. Like I me, mean, I just, I was used to see that in high school as a young kid on TV, like, wow, that looks crazy. And then all right, next thing you know, I'm in the middle of it. Yeah. And so it was just like, it was very crazy, but time that I'll never forget. In the snow too, man. And afterwards, yeah. I mean, what a celebration. So do those people, those fans that you talk about, those family members, are they, have they, do they root for you? Do they still root for the Buckeyes, yeah, man? Like that, <laughs> That's the nice. The comment I get from everyone <laughs> yeah. is, um, I always root for you, but when we were playing Ohio State, um, I'm going to mm-hmm. cheer for Ohio State, but I'm always rooting for you. And I'm just like. Well, it's um, fair enough, right? I think that's fair enough, right? Yeah. And you're like, you're, you're right. all right, hold this L, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll see you Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, Skeen, I want you guys to compare stories here, man, because I've heard Skeen's horror stories about the fans down there, and I've had guys on the sidelines about what they're yelling at you when you're on the sidelines and stuff like that. How brutal is it compared to some of those other those other venues that you go to? Oh, it wasn't even that bad, honestly. Like, really? I was hearing a whole bunch of wow. stuff, and I'm, I'm ready. I'm like, I'm keeping my helmet on. We go in at halftime and everything, but. Yeah. It wasn't even that bad, especially when we came out. They were saying stuff from, like, the top, but it wasn't like they were mm-hmm. throwing stuff at us or anything. But okay. um, I would probably say, where do we go? I think Nebraska was more hostile last wow. year. It was, wow. yeah, Nebraska got crazy. It was louder, too, than Ohio State, and I was surprised that that, that went yeah. on. But, um, wow, that's things have changed, Ballas. Rod, so, so yeah. you know, many, many years ago, 30 years ago when we were down there, uh, the tunnel for the opposing team was much different than I think you guys go up underneath the big, the, 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 the closed end of the horseshoe there. We mm-hmm. used to walk right underneath like the front row. And there was always a line of, of beverages lined up there, open cups that just magically <laughs> fell in our heads. Every time we walked really? in that locker room and <laughs> yeah. middle fingers all the way into the stadium and, and some, some naked backsides on the way in on the bus. And it was, <laughs> it was the most raucous thing I've ever seen in my life. All yeah. those Buckeye fans are hammered, drunk, and uh, <laughs> it was crazy down there. That was at that time. It was the loudest stadium I'd ever been in, yeah. and it was hostile, which I always felt like was the greatest place to go away and win a football game. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting to hear you say that, but um, you know, nonetheless, uh, winning at Ohio Stadium to secure the East Championship and go on to win the Big Ten deal—that's a historic deal. And you're part of a team. That's now done it twice in a row. Hasn't been done since my group was there. So congratulations on that. Unbelievable job. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I I was going to say that he's a much more likable guy than you. So maybe there was a reason that one of you guys got hit with a bunch of beers and uh, and the other one didn't. But uh, Rod, uh, we've we've heard from Jim Harbaugh about how much film you watch and how much time you put on the iPad, man. And and you can tell because a couple of your past breakups and things like that, you always seem to be in position. So uh, just talk about what goes into game planning like that. And then when did you get started? Was that something you did in high school too, when you were scouting things out or did you just need to take it up another notch when you got to college? 
Yeah, it started in, well, it kind of started in the uh, middle school. My dad used to always make me watch myself. Like, really? they recorded our game, so my dad always made me watch myself. And then when we got into high school, like, I just used to study, like, the um, the older guys' game and try to care, compare it to mine. And I started learning how to watch film and diagnosing plays from other teams. And it just carried over into college. Like, when I first got here in the summer, I always was pressing to learn the playbook because I know that's the most important thing. Like, you have to know the playbook to be on the field. And um, when we got our iPads, I just kept watching it over and over again to make sure I didn't – like, I didn't make any mistakes that I made the previous day or that I could – so I could just know what I was doing because I don't want to be that guy that's going to be on, you know, scout team. You come out in the, um, <laughs> in the jerseys, it's not your name on it. And I just yeah. always want to be on the field and being able to um, compete with everybody. And that just started off from then, and I took it over and carried it over to college, and I just keep doing it to this day. Yeah, how much did how much did the Buckeyes recruit you? And did, was there a chip on your shoulder? Uh, yeah, they they didn't recruit me up until I would say almost. I think it was before signing day, closer towards signing day. They started mm-hmm. coming to the school, and they kept telling me that I would have to come to a camp for an offer, and I was just like, I don't need to come to a camp for offer either you offer me or not. Yeah. So. Um, it was kind of a chip on my shoulder that I was in their own backyard and they didn't look to recruit me. But like I've said before, I wouldn't have went there, but it was just, been, it would have just been like nice getting recruited by them. Yeah. So why Michigan? Uh, what was it? I mean, did that play into it? The fact that they showed you some disrespect there or did you just select the program? It, not, not at all. It was mm-hmm. just, um, especially it was the best school out of all of my um, choices. And we just look at the history with um, the academics. Like my mom always used to preach to me, academics is like you have to go somewhere that's going to get you good academics because football is going to end one day. And uh, Michigan played a huge part in that, along with um, the athletic athletics it brings. And Coach Harbaugh and um, the family, like it went from when I was about to sign, when I signed, and then they started changing up the staff. The, uh, the DB coach that recruited me as Kentucky coach, Clint came and I had a tight like network with him already and so it just all worked in my favor and then that's why I chose Michigan. So Rod going back to when you arrived at Michigan at that time Michigan was coming off of statistically their worst year ever right it was the COVID year that era Michigan Mm -hmm. had struggled against its rival Ohio State included we were getting dusted off the field not even close right what what was it like when you arrived and what could you tell was different when you got there from the previous teams that had struggled to find success. And then when you got there with your group, something changed. And we noticed it as former players, as fans, Chris and the media watching, something changed going back to that winter. What was it? Um, hmm. See, I didn't early enroll, but I came in in uh, that June. And as soon as I got there, um, I would say when I first – because. JJ and Donovan and Junior, they all came in mid-years. And then when I came in as a freshman, I had my group. But whenever we, like, worked out together, I could feel the energy from JJ, Donovan, Junior, all of them guys who had been there, like, that they're trying to make change this program. And it was pushing towards everybody in my class. And you could feel it coming from, especially the upperclassmen like Hutch. Man, like, you could just see his determination every day coming into the weight room and working out, and it just rubbed off on everybody else. And – um, what we preached was we we had to tone out everybody in the media because I like the season before I think they went what two and four and everybody four. was saying like what can what can they do and we just had to we had a chip on our shoulder shoulder to prove everyone wrong like I wasn't here but I just felt 
as if I owed it to everyone else, like the upperclassmen that we have to change this program and do and take it to the next level because they've always been up top. So we have to bring it back to the top. Yeah, that's yeah. that that sounds familiar, Ballas. So when you come in as a young man and you're brand new to the college scene, those upperclassmen play an incredibly important role into mm-hmm. your acclimation to the college level because if those upperclassmen guys are not supporting you and helping you and setting a standard for you, that doesn't breed well for success. And it sounds right. like that that group that Rob was just talking about, you know, they t- you take them under the wing and you bring yeah. them along and you're tough on them and you tell them this is how it's going to go because we don't like this the way it's going around here. Or now, like Rod's experiencing, now you got to be that guy, Rod. You got to be the guy to bring the other guys along and demand the excellence because now you know what it takes to stay on top. What are you guys doing to stay on top? Because yeah. now everybody's chasing you. Yeah, and then Ronnie Bell, man, when we talked to him yesterday after the game, and he said, uh, or before the, the selection show, you know, and he was talking about the differences between 2020, and he said, man, we got a bunch of guys now that just love football, love to play football, and Mike Sainer is still too, man. I wanted to ask yeah. you about, first I want to go back to Clink, man, because Clink is, you know, everybody talks about this Michigan man thing, and you got to have played for Michiganers. Steve Clinkscale is about <laughs> as Michigan man as I have ever seen, man. Just talk about the impact that he has had on you, and, uh, and then Jay Harbaugh, too, in his first year, because – to me, Clink, man, this is a guy that just gets it. Man, Coach Clink is after each and every day. Um, his energy rubs off on our room. He make like he's he always takes everything personal, whether it's like it's not supposed to be taken personal, and it rubs off on all of us. And um, Coach Clink, like, <laughs> there's, there's so many stories on Coach Clink. He's like he's that he's an alpha female, he, and when you, he's in the room, you're gonna know he's in the room, and everybody says he's intimidating. <laughs> But um, he's a great coach. He knows so much about football. Like, he's taught me more football than I've ever learned in my entire life. And um, just, like, it helps everyone else in the room. It makes our secondary better. Um, I mean, I feel like we 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 brought the secondary to a different level than it's been in a while because everyone in the, in the back end is making plays. And yeah. so, um, I mean, that's just credit to Coach Clink. And then Coach Jay coming over. Um, Coach, Jay, Coach Jay is, a like, a – super smart guy um he's our special teams coordinator and like you can tell when he's in special teams and and we're in our meetings he knows a lot about football and he brings that over like coming from the tight ends you know the safeties cover the tight ends so he knows a lot like just giving us tips on the tight ends and um offenses and what they run and it's just been a great a great addition to the defense yeah, he's going to be one of those guys, Doug, that, you know what, like Jay, John Harbaugh, you know what, he did position coach, position coach, boom, he's going to be a head coach and he's going to be successful. But you talk mm-hmm. about Clink and that booming voice, man, you got the Steve Clinkscale voice, man, you and Donovan Edwards <laughs> and Steve Clinkscale, Rod, man, you got those deep voices. So that's good stuff. So Skeen? No, I was going to say it's that the, the impact that Coach Clink has had on that secondary was obviously measured last year, but. Uh, you know, even as an offensive lineman, obviously, Rod, I watch I watch what's going on inside the box very closely. But the one thing I do notice is how does a secondary tackle? And when mm-hmm. you come up from the back end and, and what kind of the blow that you deliver and how you tackle that Ohio State game was some of the most violent tackling I've seen at the point of impact in a while. How do you guys do that in practice? Because I know practices are limited at times with how much violence you can really do in practice. But you guys look like you do it every day and, and all night in your sleep. Um, so I think it all started um, in camp 
we always used to practice tackling. And then, like, Mondays, I know we have walkthroughs, but a lot of us, like, we, we won't hit the sled, but we'll walk through our tackling steps and the way to, to approach someone who has the ball. And then on Tuesdays when we have our pads on, we're always hitting the sled or hitting each other, things like that. Like, we emphasize tackling because if the secondary can't tackle, we're the last line of defense. And if there's no tackling, there's touchdowns. And so we just emphasize that along with covering, like, if there's a complete deal with those two, then you're going to be elite secondary. Yeah, face mask in the chest, man. It's unbelievable watching these guys play. And and you talk about it, Donovan Edwards on the first play against Purdue of the second half. You know, you got a cornerback, miss a tackle, 60 right. yards, man. So, but uh, unbelievable. And I've said this, Rod, and I'm not blowing smoke here, man. Some of the best safety play from you that I've seen in 30 years. I go back to Trip Wellborn, who was a uh, actually a teammate of Doug Skeens, who was an All-American. Uh, I see similarities there. You know what? And uh, just the way you play and the way you tackle. Unbelievable. Your nose for the ball, man. Uh, you take it personal, right? When the ball hits you in the hands and you don't catch it it's kind of rare that you have such a good catching safety back there did you ever play receiver in high school too yeah my senior okay. year, um, it was probably the fifth game yeah and one of our starting receivers got hurt and they just threw me over there and i just was making plays yeah yeah how about you, you don't you ask coach harbaugh now to be a two-way player now how come you're not out there on offense right well, yeah. i don't know <laughs> I think I'm going to stay on my defensive side. I think so, too, man. Mikey Sainer is still uh, – I got to ask you about Mikey. Though. We'll, we'll let you go here in just a second, Rob. We're going to give you a chance to uh, promote your NIL. But um, with Mikey, man, did he surprise you at all? I know, you know, everybody's saying, oh, he just knows the plays or whatever when he came over from receiver. But this is a guy out there making plays and through the year got better and better. The impact that he's had on your secondary and what he's meant to you as a leader. Uh, I knew Mikey was going to be a good on defense because of his um, aggressiveness, especially because um, I would say when he was on offense and when I was on defense, um, I was a nickel sometimes, and I would either have to guard him or he would block me on run plays. And the way he just came at you when he blocked, it was like, oh, yeah, you got to bring your stuff when you're going against Mikey. And then we came into the spring. I didn't do spring, so I was watching from the outside. And um, Yeah, he knew the offensive plays, but – to, you have to stop it, even if you know it. And, like, just him applying the rules with our defense and doing it so fast, like, you can tell he's a natural for it. And then now going into the season, you've seen the plays he's made. It's just been great having him to an addition. And then, I mean, he's always had that leadership aspect in his, um, his personality, and he just brings it over to the defense. And I think it was the third quarter right before – we went back out for the um, Ohio State game. He brought the defense up and gave a speech, and it was just like you can tell he's he's being that leader and, and implying his role, and it made it, it it turned everybody up. And then you saw what happened in the second half. Um, just Mikey's just a great person all around, though. But I love Mikey. That's my dog, and I'm so I'm happy he's coming back again. I was going to ask you, man. Football yeah, that's players. and you got a team of them, man. Rod Morris is good. It's like Jim Harbaugh said, man, give me football players any day, and you guys fit the mold. So, Rod, tell us about your your shirts, man, and and your NIL and uh, the opportunities that you've gotten here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, signed with VIP Sports. Um, they ha we have um, merch, we have shirts, sweatshirts, hats. Um, I think I think we have socks too, but um, has my logo on it. There's one where there's a picture of um, yeah, it's right there, me yeah. coming out the tunnel. Um, just go, go show some love. Go cop some merch. Absolutely, man. I've just got the yeah, – I, I also have – um, I don't know if you can pull it up, but I also have I, a shirt of me and the um, Ohio State guy head-to-head, -head, a sweatshirt. It comes in maize, blue, and white. And really? I'm, we're, I'm doing those like myself, and they're, um, I think, $50. 
That's nice. awesome, man. Yeah, face mask to face mask, right? Yep. And uh, that was fantastic. What a what a shot that was. And I forget who took the picture, man, but that's one of the epic ones. There have been yeah. a few in the last couple of years. You guys have changed the culture of this program and uh, done an outstanding job. So, folks, please uh, give him some support here. Uh, these guys deserve everything they get. And, uh, man, 13-game season. champions, Spouse. Back to back. Back to back. back, man. Back to back. I <laughs> so, like those rings, man. They're nice. Yeah, they're a little bigger than yours, man. They are. Right? They're bigger than mine. They look nice. Yeah, yours too. Big. I was like, when I first got, that's my first ring in my life, and yeah. I was like, oh, it's big. Yeah, it's not going <laughs> to be your last, man. Now you got yeah. another one coming, and you got still. Last question I'm going to ask you: You got bigger goals, obviously, man. How confident are you in your guys that uh, that you can take care of business here and take this thing to even another level? Super confident. Yeah. Um, we're going to play TCU. Yeah, and um, I mean. I believe we're going. To, we're going to go to the national championship and win it. Because um, hopefully, saying I want, I want Georgia again. I want to go against them again because I we got to rerun that back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got. I, I can imagine that that every guy in that locker room wants another chance at uh, that because yeah. what happened last year was not indicative of how good this football team is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not at all. And you played banged up, right? Uh, at the end of the yeah. year, obviously, you mm-hmm. had to have that procedure. So, but that's what mm-hmm. you do, right, man? In this game, it's violent sports. Yep. So. Yep. But uh, Rod, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much for joining us. And again, folks, please support him. We'll have some more information on how you guys can order that merchandise. And Rod, will make sure that our people on our message board at thewolverine.com too. we got thousands of people there every day uh, hook you up. So, uh, but thanks so much for your generous time. I appreciate you guys. You bet. Thanks, Take Rod. care, Rod. Congrats, man. Go blue. Go blue. Supposed to be an unbiased journalist now, Skeen. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that no, that's not me. You're, embar- you're embarrassing us all. No, just, uh, I guess I'm I'm the unbiased journalist here. So, right, what a right. dude, man! What a guy! And I got to say this, <laughs> like I told him, I wasn't blowing smoke though. The way he plays that position, uh, two things: number one, he catches the ball; uh, he knows where to be. Uh, number two, his tackling, like you mentioned, man, this guy has no fear. And when I saw him on the field, coming off that field after, first of all, going on the field, he went there like he knew he was going to win and that he was going to win his matchups. And number one, that comes from preparation. But number two, you got to have that confidence like you guys did, right? Going in there that, hey, this is our house and we're taking it over. Well, you just heard Rod talk about some of his teammates and how they practice. Talk about Sandra Still and how he his first impressions of when he was first going against him. And you better bring it against this guy. When you get one, two, three, four, or a whole group of positional guys and a whole side of the defense, when you're competing that way against yourself in practice, Ballas, you have no choice but to up your game or get off the field. And that's what I'm hearing when Rod talks about these stories. And it takes me back to you get into that competitive drill and it's a tackling drill or it's a blocking drill. It doesn't matter what it is. And you see the guys around you in that in that line getting their reps and you're like, holy crap, man, these dudes are bringing it. You'd better bring it or you're going to get left in the dust because the talent is rich around you. So that warms my heart to hear that. And that's one of the reasons you see. These guys getting so much better over the course of last year. And then you mix in a coach like Coach Clink, who mm. gets it, who's got him in the right parts and in places, and he's bringing that energy with them. And they have no choice but to get better. And that's why you see the development of all of them come along. And now Michigan is where we want to be. We're capitalizing and getting the talent to its top capacity and meeting expectations and even getting better. This is exciting. Yeah. This is what it, it used is. to be like around Michigan it for a feels- long, long time. And now it's back. Yeah. 
it feels just like the old days. And I remember you and Chris Hutchinson talking, saying this isn't the Michigan of old, you know, in terms of the way they do things and everything else. And but it really is now in terms of the culture and and the expectations of the program. And guys, if you guys want to keep it up for our listeners, man, uh, the NIL thing is important. So we hope that you will support Rod. I'm going to get one of those shirts, man, with him going face mask to face mask with that Buckeye. That was fantastic. So uh, pretty get, soon. Like, uh, let's have Rod make a, a collar shirt so we can wear him on the golf course with that picture on the front. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. That was classic. But that was good looking stuff, too, by the way. It was, I loved it. Yeah. So, yep. All right, let's get to some questions here. Some super chats. Shane Johnson again. My man Shane. Hutch, you got uh, you got some stuff from Shane on here. There we go. By the way, Chris, my football craziness comes from my ex all-state linebacker playing days in Ohio of all places. I'm going to ask you where you played, Shane, if you played any uh, college football. So skiing, five-time champ legend. Eh. Legend, I'll see. <laughs> Proud alum, I bet, seeing first back-to-back outright titles since 91-92. That's the thing, Skeen. It's not just – there's no yeah. shared title here. There's none of that yeah. shit. This no. is back-to-back outright titles, and you have to win so many games and tough games and tough environments to get it. You know, uh, I would say, Shane, that um, since leaving Michigan and watching the young men come behind you, uh, being part of this program all those years ago, I can't express how happy it is. Just like last year, I was sitting on the couch crying, watching these kids, these young men, Hutch and all the others with their, with their happiness of, of getting over the top. And now to see this group with Rod and his teammates and the others back to back big 10 championships, uh, in this era, as we talked about is not easy. And to see them do it is awesome. And that's what we want as former players is for this generation of players to feel the same success and carry the Michigan banner on their shoulders like all the guys did before we got there and like these young men are doing now in honor of the former players, but also obviously for themselves and in their team. And that's what this is all about. So it's an awesome thing to watch. And I I know how hard it is for these young men to do this stuff. So it tons of respect for these guys yeah and i wasn't going to ask about the injury but he's out there playing with a bum shoulder i think in those last few games it takes courage and for him he just went out there man literally two of the best games from safeties that i've seen against ohio state ever and one came when he was a true freshman the tackling in the open field against ohio state is paramount right it's of importance he was out there making unbelievable plays and then this game was even better he had one where he broke on the ball uh almost had a pick and he jumped the route and he of course he has a right to the the ball right as a defensive Mm -hmm. back and i had this class statistician from Ohio State, Mr. Fanboy, you know, interference. And I'm like, finally I had to say, you know, shut the hell up. We're trying to work, we're trying to work here. You know, some of us are professionals up here. Us, yeah, exactly. And then a couple of my colleagues are like, well, Ballas, we kind of hear you every now and then. I'm like, you know, whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> You're killing me, Hutz. So, but uh, but great stuff. Let's get to Shane's other one here. Um, what you got next, man? You're Shane. Well, the seven-man jumbo package on Saturday. Uh, a great photo of your screensaver <laughs> against your former teammate in high school, Ricky Powers. There you go. Held him to 40 yards. So that's impressive there, Shane, if you held Ricky to 40 yards because that dude was a strong, powerful runner. And so, um, yeah. Look at Shane. Do I love the seven-man seven jumbo package? Of course I love that. And then everybody blocks down. You take that power step to the inside with that foot. You bring the hip along, and you just smash dudes down inside. It is some fun stuff. It's just awesome to do that because everybody knows what you're about to do. You're, you're, it's, it's no secret, and you do it anyway. It's one of the more satisfying things you can ever do on a football field is to line up when the dude across from you and all of his buddies know what you're about to do, and you whip their ass anyway. 
Yeah, I gotta love it. And Shane, I keep <laughs> Ron Burgundy keeps coming into my head. I don't quite know how to put this, but I was kind of a big deal. So <laughs> I had, uh, and and you know what? Ten tackles for loss against Ricky Powers next year. It'll be fifteen. And Shane, but uh, I want to know where you played, brother. Um, and uh, if you played any college ball as well. But I hope you're working some overtime. I hope you're not working too much overtime for all your your generous uh, sub your chats there your super chats for us man with your cash we appreciate it so ricky powers is a great back but that speaks to the backs that they had back then because oh. he gets passed up by tyrone wheatley and then you got jesse house cat johnson out there yeah. uh eddie you davis know what? Is any, back there right any three of those guys could have been a number one back on any team and then eddie davis was a great little change of pace back so uh but you know what it does help to have those big hogs in front of you man and uh you guys uh i mean run back run blocking there's nothing better right that's part of the reason that you went to michigan no that you guys are going to be run blocking and blowing people well, off the ball. Absolutely. And that's what you see this team having so much success doing and why we're we're comfortable in what we do. I mean, again, in the Big Ten title game there, you didn't see any reinvention of the offense. You didn't see some heavy amount of zone blocking come in there, either mid, wide zone, doesn't matter. We lined up and do the same thing we do over and over. We gap and block you down, and we bring somebody from the backside or a tight end or both to smash the front side, and we're going to punch you right in the mouth. And now you got a back back there who's going to make a guy miss, and he's off for 60 more yards. And so it is a combination that's difficult to beat. It's not impossible to beat, but we're going to beat on you and beat on you, and you're going to finally show a little crease or two, and then we're going to kill you later in the game. And that is what we're seeing out of this Michigan football team this year. And it is a recipe for success that obviously works. Yeah, it really does. And Jim Harbaugh got back to his roots to do it. So um, I want to talk a little bit about the Purdue game, because, again, as John Borton, our senior editor, was sitting next to me, he said, man, it felt anticlimactic because you come from Columbus where it was just unbelievable. And uh, and then you get Purdue and it's a change of pace. And I was a little interested to see how they would do against a quarterback yeah. who, number one, what guts his his brother passes away that week and and uh you know what? Condolences to the family. And we sincerely mean that. Uh, and then to come out and play like he did dropping dimes out there. Uh, what a courageous performance. Um, I didn't think Michigan brought its a game again. They were banged up, but I will not discredit or take anything away from what Aiden O'Connell did in that game. Uh, 366 yard passing yards passing. Will Johnson had a great two picks where he jumped a couple mm -hmm. routes, but yeah. man, they aren't anywhere near uh, in that game, if Aiden O'Connell doesn't have that kind of game that he yeah, did. a gutsy team, obviously a scrappy, mm -hmm. scrappy team is probably a disrespectful term for them. They're better than that. Um, they certainly brought it and they were giving Michigan all kinds of problems there for the first two and a half quarters of that game. And so uh, that kid's just a football player, Ballas. You just look at him. You can just, he doesn't matter what uniform they're wearing. You could look at yeah. a player on the field making plays and go, that dude's a football player no matter who he's playing for. And that kid's one of them, the wide receiver that was running around there making all the plays, uh, catching those footballs there. It looked like he one of his kid childhood buddies there. Those two guys grew up together. That's a pretty neat story. And so um, hats off to Purdue. But I do think that there was an element uh again putting my trying to put myself in the shoes of these young men that play for michigan yeah. now you come off of that emotional victory down there at ohio state and you go to play in this big 10 title game and it's not that you're going to take it lightly that's not the right terminology it's a trophy game you're playing for a title you're playing for a ring right rod so those guys are going to get sized for another big 10 title ring it's a big deal no matter what um but yeah it feels like it, it kind of felt like hey let's Let's get this out of the way. Let's take care of business here. Let's handle this team. But it doesn't come with the same emotional juice. You didn't see Michigan and and Purdue guys ready to you know square up and beat each other up. There's no chirpiness in there. That 
that kind of extracurricular stuff was not prevalent like it is in a rivalry game. But when the Big Ten title's on the line, you, you got to bring it. Purdue obviously did and uh, did their best. But Michigan just made a few more plays and, and pulled away later in the football game and made it look pretty easy. Yeah, and I do. Somebody put on there that uh, there were too many missed tackles in that game, and I think part of that again is that hey, they were not. You know what? This was not their A game. This was not their A plus game. And uh, I'm again not taking anything away from Purdue. They were they were good, but at the same time, this Michigan team. This was an anomaly. This was not the Michigan team that we'd seen tackling all year. Uh, and Purdue wanted to wanted it, man. They played a great football game and and well-coached, man. Fun to watch. That fake flea flicker, flicker skiing mm-hmm. uh, was worked. unbelievable. Yeah. It did work. And uh, Jeff Braun, <laughs> yep, who will probably be at Louisville. I don't know if uh, what's next there uh, with the Louisville opening. Talking to the Purdue folks, they said if that job opens up, he's gone, So which would be a shame. But uh, you know what? I thought they came to play and give them credit. They outgained Michigan. And you were never really comfortable in that game thinking okay this thing's over even when they got up yeah because of the the, the way purdue was playing football and that was mm-hmm. produced a long long and we, we knew the history right the the spoiler makers and how they do against top 10 top five teams they're not, they don't they don't get intimidated and they go out there and they play and you can see and you watch the way that their defense plays where the ball carriers finish shoulders down heads forward driving for every inch it's just a sign of toughness for the whole football team and Purdue obviously played that way and that's why they had the success they had they were the Big Ten West champions and had the shot at the title Michigan had just a better day there at the end um, you know that coach down there at Purdue has done a nice job they've had some really good players pump some really good players up into the NFL some really talented guys knocked off a really good Ohio State team what a two years ago there at home and and yeah, so they're always they've always been dangerous and and I, I was getting a couple of text messages from some people in the game and the first part of the game was like why aren't we winning by more it should be 28 to nothing it's like hey man this is there's nothing easy here this is this wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be some cakewalk I mean if Purdue won that side of the conference for a reason and they got football players too I think that sometimes Michigan fans we get into this idea that uh, well it's just Purdue or it's uh-uh. it's just Maryland these are division one football rosters people and there's football players on this team and they and the, the difference is not as big as you might think it is sometimes and and so it takes a little while before Michigan figures out the the things that they need to do to take advantage in the situation. And that's what happened Saturday when we saw yeah. Michigan pull away. You're probably talking about putter Chris Stapleton, your former teammate bitching about why aren't they beating this team better <laughs> by more, right? So I can either confirm nor deny that we, we that, used to call, we still call him the mullet. I don't think he's had a mullet <laughs> since then, but we're still going to call you the mullet Stapes. And we, and we appreciate you texting in game. Always appreciate it when I'm up there in the press box, we are trying to work. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> exactly. But you know what? There is something to be said for, um, again, the, the mental toughness that it takes to play 13 games and you're not always going to get your best. But you know what? Th- these teams are uh, this is how the season's gone all year. Right. These teams are in games. Michigan wears them down and brings out some some things in the second half that and they start to pull away. What did you see on that first play of the second half? Was there a little bit di- different design? Was it designed to get Donovan Edwards outside to make a guy miss? Because Yeah, they brought the extra uh, tight end set over to the yeah. left side and they just smashed yep. everything down. Everybody exactly. got blocked to the inside and they found the one-on-one. Donovan made the move and that was it. And it was, there's nothing real fancy about it. No. It was, but, it was if, you, if your job, if you were on the left side of that offense, your job was to gap step inside and block whatever shows up. Yeah, Period. but they saw something, right? Because they thought they could hit with it, and they yep. did. If as long as he made the corner miss, and uh, and that's exactly what he did. What did you see from the Michigan offensive line in this game? Was it a little bit inconsistent? Were they uh, were they good? 
Well, they ended up absolutely. They they, they yeah. ended up doing what they do best, which is mauling and winning and wearing people down. But in the first half of that game, it looked a lot like the Illinois game to me. As soon as as soon as Michigan showed a pulling lineman, you saw a white jersey diving on the front side of that attack, hitting a gap, taking guys off of their pathway, knocking them out, taking them low, right? And that's what that's what defenses are in linebackers and secondary guys are taught to do. When you see linemen getting toward the edge. You're not going to win that battle, so don't let them kill you. You just go out, create a road bump, and and create a pile of humanity right there to make that back lose a running lane. And so Purdue was doing a nice job of that early. And then Michigan says, okay, let's take away a little bit more of a lateral attack, and let's go a little bit more right at them and wear them down and find a crease. Then you make an adjustment or two, like we saw in the big play there with Donovan with the big run. And then all of a sudden, Purdue is wondering, okay, now what do we do? Because we kind of figured them out earlier, and now Michigan's made an adjustment, and now our guys are getting tired and they're getting worn out. It was talked about during the television uh, broadcast, the strength and conditioning of this football team, and, and specifically this offensive line. As many times as we talk about how wonderful it is to see a team take six, seven, eight minutes and a you know 10-plus straight play drive ballast, it takes an enormous amount of physical strength and conditioning to be able to do that. And to talk about a wearing a defense down, well, it takes it takes extraordinary conditioning from an offensive side of the ball to be able to do that. And I watch linemen a lot, right? And these linemen are not the fat guys that we used to be, leaning on people, knocking them down. And, and <laughs> I mean, these dudes, these dudes are in shape. You don't see sloppy guys out there. And that is a testament to the strength and conditioning coach, uh, Coach Herbert there, and the, yeah. and the strength coach at Michigan, who's done an awesome job. Uh, with this group and um, it just shows you that these dudes are for real and uh, that's one of the reasons they're so good is because they're in shape and they can do this yeah I believe Doug Skeen just called himself sloppy so we had sloppy guys yeah I'm not the, the only day. person that called me that so <laughs> back in the video. day there may have been there may have been some guts over the belt buckles and then you had mullets out there at punter it was crazy it was a shit show folks no, just kidding so uh, let's get to some more of these super chats here um, Shane Johnson I believe has a couple more Shane uh, Rod Moore my Ohio guy, 23 All-American and 3-0 and in the game. Uh, there you go. In other words, he's making a prediction there. Guess what? Mm-hmm. Michigan is probably going to be favored in that game next year. C.J. Stroud's not going to be there. So uh, I heard rumblings, man, that C.J. Stroud was even thinking about opting out. This is just rumors. What? Thinking about opting out of the playoff. And I'm like, uh, what? What? I know it's crazy, but that's where we are. You know, this again, just a rumor. So don't Come on. Uh, don't no at way. me or anything that, like that. That can't, so. that can't happen. No way. Right. And then skiing and more next year, 7011. Uh, yeah. So um, this is a great question here. What does Skeen think about losing two captains going into the playoffs? Any worry yeah. about leadership? Well, so, so that's a great question. It's one mm-hmm. that I thought of myself. Um, as these, as these transfer portal announcements happen, the season's not over. We've, we've finished the regular season. We're a championship team. And yet we've got people announcing that they're leaving. And I thought to myself, well, how does that go over in a locker room? Do these guys stay around the team? Do they do they pack up their locker room and leave because they've announced I'm no longer going to be part of the Michigan program? And you and you see the social media announcements, you know, thank you so much. And that's not just from Michigan guys, but other guys around the country. I've really enjoyed my time here, and thank you much so much, Coach. And I, and I'll always treasure the experiences I had in this football program. And it's like, okay, this is a big official goodbye. Do you leave? Because I, got, I I think I'd probably like you to clear your locker out because the rest of this team has got to be hyper-focused on what we're going yeah. to do. As far as the question here goes about leadership, leadership is not always dependent on the guy that has the captain label. 
or right. the title. Yeah. There are guys that develop into leaders that uh, uh, have their own style of leadership that maybe don't say a word. They just quietly torture people all day long and they don't say much. We had leaders like that that you tend to follow. Then you have the vocal guys that can have the ball game and have the voice of motivation for other guys, and they don't have to be the leaders. So the fact that we're losing two captains or they've announced that they're leaving, I think, number one, one of them doesn't surprise anybody with Cade announcing that he's leaving Mm -hmm. to go play somewhere else. Uh, The Eric All announcement was a little bit more surprising. Um, when he says he's leaving town and, and for any other guy. But um, I don't know. I Ballas, maybe you know how Jim handles this stuff, but I would kind of think like, okay, we love Bye. you, fellas. We appreciate yep. you, but goodbye. You got to go because we got big stuff to do here. and We don't want anybody hanging around talking yep. about where you're going next year because who cares about next year? This is about this year's team. Yep, and the Montreal Bradshaw, I'm going to ask answer a couple of these things. Ballas, Cade was your boy. Seems like he's a bit bitter. It certainly does. Uh, I don't I, – I, you know what – uh, two things. He wasn't my boy. He was the captain or the the quarterback of the Michigan football team that led a Big Ten championship for the first time since 2004. So I always gave him his props and I didn't think he took I, he deserved all the crap that he got from a segment of this fan base that went over the top. It was ridiculous. It was the same thing they did to John Navarre back in 2003. And guess what? They were, so guys were the last two outright Big Ten championship quarterbacks. So um, to me, yeah, I don't think he's handled it well at all. And it's disappointing. He checked out and this is a captain of your football team. Maybe he had his reasons. Maybe he'll say them someday. But when you have guys going back, and I don't care how long ago it was, like Tom Brady, who sat there for three years, waited his turn, had to split time. You know what? There are ways that you act as a, as a captain and things that you do uh, that and things that you don't do. And one of them is, okay, I'm all of a sudden I'm bailing on my team and I'm going to be rooting for Iowa now and I'm an Iowa Hawkeye before the end of the season uh, is disappointing to me. I agree with that 100% Montrell. So um, that's unfortunate. And, and that goes back and that goes back to what you know. We all talk about the Michigan man thing, and and yeah. the, the spirit behind Shum Beckler's comments all those years ago was mm-hmm. not that we need you to be maize and blue out of the womb before you even get to Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. No, we need you to be all in for your team until you leave here, and then right. be a Michigan supporter. It's what you're doing for Michigan. Right. And if you're announcing that you're going to go coach basketball on the West Coast, like Coach Fisher did all those years ago, then go. Go yep. and leave. We don't need you anymore. We need people yep. that are here for Michigan. Yep. And just like now, with all due respect to these young men that are making decisions that are far more detailed than I have any idea of, great. We wish you the best. Pack up your stuff and leave. And we wish you the best. Goodbye. This yep. team's got bigger things to do. Yep. And by the way, now my boy Montrell is J.J. McCarthy as the leader of this football team, if I weren't an unbiased journalist or if I <laughs> that's what I meant. So uh, uh, blank name says you don't even have to ask Ben Herbert what he does for a living. You can guess just by looking at him. No question. We, we yeah. approached him in France when we went overseas and we were thinking about interviewing him and we're like, does anybody want to ask for an interview? And I'm like, this is a scary dude, man. And we're in a foreign, and we're in a foreign country. So, you know, we don't know what the rules laws are. If you decide all all to- strength coaches are a little yeah. crazy. Dallas. They're all <laughs> a little yeah, they're all they sit around wondering yep. how can I torture other people <laughs> to make them tougher. Yeah. But you know what? These this is these guys in the fourth quarter, you see it just like you did when Gittleson coached you guys as the strength coach. They are winning fourth quarters for a reason. So mm-hmm. um we've got a question here. What approach do you expect Coach Minner, this is Jeffrey Degner, to take towards TCU's quarterback and his running ability? Five, six man pressure, containment approach that kids fearless in both running and throwing. I agree. And this is a challenge the likes of which Michigan has not really seen this year, and a guy that is so good at throwing the ball and uh, and catching uh, and running the ball as well. 
Well, Jeffrey, I, I would say that part of the, part of that approach is when he does run the ball. We talked about uh, with Rod earlier about how you come up and you tackle. You got to tackle with violence. You got to make that guy wonder if he wants to run as much as he may think he does. And so, uh, when he puts the ball down to take off, there's got to be some violence that comes here. It is still football, and it doesn't matter. It's the quarterback running. You got to make yourself known back there. And then the other part of it is, yeah, you got to keep him contained. You can't give him free spaces. And there's ways to do that in a defense to make him funnel him in, keep him in front of a fence, kind of like some of the opponents back in the day with Denard, right? You know, he was such a threat with his with his feet to run the football around. And defense is just built a fence, right? You build that little that pocket in front of him, keep him in front. You kind of close that thing in and give him no room, and you make sure you form tackle with violence. Yeah, Shub, fam, I did not say Cade was rooting for Iowa. I mean, he got his Iowa stuff up on the site once he committed there, and now he's rooting for them. So um, let's see. Uh, I don't see anything else. Freighter Fisher, you got to talk about basketball. We'll get the we'll get to basketball here, guys, in a little bit. But it's all football right now because <laughs> I got to tell you, this is special, fellas. Uh, it is rare, right, to have this kind of a two year, and, and it's only going to get better next year. We are in this in this era now where when I was in school and you were there, and I lived vicariously through Doug Skeen and winning my five five big ten championship rings. They, you know, I got him out of a gumball machine. But Doug has the real deal, but um, you went in the next year knowing that you were going to be good and expecting to win the Big Ten. Next year, Michigan should be the favorite, shouldn't they, Doug, with all these, and especially looking at the uh, the guys returning. This is the expectation. This is what happens with the evolution of a football program going from a contender to a champion, and then you repeat as champion. Now the expectation is built. You know the amount of work it takes in the offseason. You know the amount of dedication it takes, the discipline, and all those other things. And the camaraderie it takes, the support. We talked about that with Rob, uh, Rod Moore earlier, upperclassmen helping the younger guys along, being supportive and encouraging and yet tough on each other in the practice field. And then, Ballas, you, I've talked about it before. You just say, hey, you know, what are we going to do when we make it to the championship game this year? We used to talk <laughs> about it all those years ago. Hey, hey, it was just matter of fact. It was, yeah. hey, this year when we go to the Rose Bowl as Big Ten champions again, let's go Let's go to that part of California. We didn't get there last year, so let's just make sure we make plans to go there nice. as if it's just a normal given that we're yeah. going to be there. And that's yep. where you want to be. Not that you're taking anything for granted, but you know you're going to put in the work. You know you're going to grind and you know you're going to beat people up and you're just going to win because this is the expectation and this is just what we do. Yeah. That's where we found this Michigan football team. This is the lessons that we're learning that we're seeing live in front of us is building of, of championship expectations and staying on top and being the king dog in the Big Ten. This is uh, this is history all over again, Ballas, right and before we our eyes. It is. We aren't the only ones expecting it on the way out of the hotel, the Embassy Suites. You did a great job for us. Uh, the doorman said, we'll see you next year. Yeah, there you said, go. <laughs> All right. I said, we're, we're in, man. So, uh, And I'd say there's a pretty good chance of that. So um, I did want to say one last thing when you talk about leaders, two guys who weren't captains, who but who were absolute leaders on this team. Olu Oluwatimi, what a fit from the transfer portal. Two th that it could have gone better for either party, right? You've got a guy there who embraced the culture and was a perfect fit, and then and gets to enjoy the spoils being plugged right in. Never took anything for granted. He came in and learned that offense immediately so that he could play right away and won that job and fit right in like he'd been there for five years. So kudos to him. Mike Morris being the other one who really took it upon himself in the summer at the things that we saw, the events that we saw, and getting these guys together um, and doing 
things to make sure that they were prepared. So uh, unbelievable. Any info on Eric All's tweet? Sad to see him go public with that cryptic message. Um, I would only say that I think that there was some disappointment about the uh, his injury and maybe some of the ways it was handled without going into detail on that. I wouldn't want to speak for him and maybe at some point he can comment on that a little further, but it does suck because you hate to see anybody go out that way. You know, before, you know what, for about 30 years, Skeen, the only guy that I remember being disgruntled when he left the program was Kevin Brooks, or at least publicly, you know, and um, yeah. so, and that was in the mid eighties. That was before your time uh, yeah. and it shows just how old I am. There's but, a lot of, you know, Ballas, I would just say, and, and I, mm-hmm. I don't know, Eric, I don't know the reasoning behind the decisions, but um, there's a lot that goes into it. I don't think these decisions are made lightly and I don't, yep. I'm not saying that you are saying that either. Um, but uh, I don't, I don't know what, uh, what benefit it serves to take even the mild shot. You'd be a pro when you leave a job. You, you thank the people that gave you the opportunity. You appreciate the time you had and you move on. And, uh, you know, again, in a perfect world, I, it'd be great if these young men that make these decisions to leave would do that. All due respect. Appreciate it. Thank you, Michigan, for everything. Yep. Good luck in the future. It's been great. And you you pack your shit and you leave. And, yeah. um, and the guys that are left behind, we want the best for you. And we respected you while you were here. We understand why you're leaving, whatever that is. But yep. uh, we could all do without the shot on the way out the door. Yes, we could. So, all right, we're going to be wrapping up there. 50 minutes. This is my second podcast, but want to thank Rod Moore again. And folks, please, we will have information on our website where you can order his merchandise. Please support him. Uh, what a great kid he is. Um, maybe next week, I think, Scheme, we're going to have Chris Stapleton, Michigan's former punter on here, to defend himself <laughs> and the use of a mullet in the, uh, in 19... the year 2022. Yeah, he- I don't know. I don't think he's, I don't think he has anymore. He always makes fun of my hair and I'm like, Hey, look, man, you can only do so much when you, you know, so. Uh, I definitely ain't sporting a mullet here, Ballas. No, right. I know you're no. not. So, but, uh, but I'd give you a thousand dollars if you wore a rat tail for a year. How's that? So we'll see. And we'll talk to Stapleton about that next week because that is his area of expertise clearly as much as he fixates on my hair. And we will talk about the Rose Bowl uh, too. And the fake punt that came back that would have made him a hero. And instead, you know, just made him another guy, but we will have him on at some point. And Stapes, we love you, man. I'm just messing with you. And uh, Skeen, thanks for your time. Rod Moore, thank you for your time and everybody who is here and uh, asking questions. Shane Johnson, man, uh, you're a stud. I appreciate you. So we will see you next week, folks. And uh, we'll do at least a couple more of these Skeen before the Big Ten or the uh, the playoff, man, December playoff. 31st. It's nice, though, to have four weeks here to prepare and do a little uh you know, detoxing from all that great press box food. All so. that press box food, Ballas. Oh boy, yep. here we go. Hot it's dogs crazy. and burgers and brats. It's and better. It's chicken better sandwich than on the road on the road, on the way home. I sent you a box. Did I you saw the, box? I, I saw I the said, picture. I sent chicken you the sandwich. Purdue. There's a chicken Caesar sandwich that the Purdue kids were eating on I the way you, out. Man. Yes, you were right. I'm like, God, I thought he was just, you know. So anyway, thanks again, Skeen. Thanks for everybody for watching. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Go blue. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.